on this episode of the podcast. I'm mad at you now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we talk about... We suck the nutrients. <laughs> we talk about Dark Phoenix again. We talk about Queen. And Her Majesty. I was going to say, on this episode of the podcast, we talk about Queen, David Bowie, and we talk confusing games. Yeah. Welcome to Nailed It. We're missing somebody this week. I know, Michael. He's been missing forever. <laughs> I know, but I still miss him. I showed up here with the intent to make Nate a blood sacrifice. <laughs> um, and he's not here, so I'm disappointed on a spiritual level. Right. I mean, it was, it was technically it was a Bloody Mary, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, how's it going? How's everybody doing? Well, I'm a loss. <laughs> um, Xavier, you got topics? What's, how's, how's life going? Life's going good. Got a new job. Yeah? yeah. How's that going? It's good. good. You haven't gotten fired yet? That's good. Yeah. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I. Well, I just it's been it's been a while since I've had to wake up early, I think since I worked with you. Right. So, my body is slowly adjusting to the let's wake up at 5 a.m. and have to go do actual adult things instead of waking up at 11 a.m. and then not telling myself that I don't want to go to work for an hour. I would love 11 a.m. start. That as, would be nice. As long as I can get off around noon, that yeah. would be amazing. <laughs> Like the next day? Yeah, no. And that's all you work for the week? <laughs> yeah. Actually, that wouldn't be too bad. No, that would be great. I'd be so actually. exhausted. I'd sleep for the next three days, and then I'd have like an actual like three-day weekend. Yeah. It all works out. It works out. I mean, you're only getting 24 hours a week. You two together might be a problem. What are you talking about? Yeah, wait for it. You, to get, you two, by the way, is an amazing band. So, And of course, they're together. Speaking they're of bands, I'm just going <laughs> to throw you under that segue bus. You saw a band... I did. I saw a band. A whole... Actually, no, not a whole band, because two of them are dead. Um, <laughs> I went and I saw uh, Queen last night. What? I went and I saw Queen at the Tacoma Dome. That has got to um, be... Not to tell everyone where we are. <laughs> you can say wherever we're at. We're in Tacoma. They're going to hunt no, you down. Don't. They're gonna they're going to find us. They're going to... They're going to look at the, the, the light streaming through the window and somehow triangulate our positions. <laughs> my God. Wait. Oh my God. Are you... Me- <laughs> or what? <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's go. Okay, um, yeah, so I saw Queen uh, featuring Adam Lambert. Like I said, uh, two of the members of Queen are dead, Freddie Mercury and John Deacon. So it was Roger Taylor, Brian May, and then uh, Adam Lambert on vocals with some other two randos. Right. Uh, three randos on the other instruments. There was a guy on keys, a guy on um, bass, and there was also a second drum set. There were two drum sets up. So, you know, it was, it was, it was banging. That's what it was. Um, but it was really good. I despise it, you right now. I, um, <laughs> uh, we got in there and there was just like this semicircle like, screen, basically, that was in front of the band. Right. Had the big Queen logo on it. Um, they, they started like half an hour late. So, but like something about that tells me that it was intentional. To like build up the maybe the suspense the the sizzle as Michael Jackson would call it. My <laughs> that's still better than my friend got. Not a huge fan, but still got tickets to go see Cardi B. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly, and Rip. she showed up four hours late. Jesus, Which sounds about right. Yeah, and uh, she was supposed to play a whole thing, and she only played like a couple songs, and then she took off. 
Isn't that her bit, like stealing people's money? Pretty much. She yeah, is, actually, she has a huge thing yeah, about that. Where she's, she's like the ultimate like prima donna, right? Yes. Like yeah. she's outweighed everybody. Yeah, didn't she get into a fight with Nicki Minaj? I think so. And win. <laughs> that would not surprise me. Um. Anyways, like, I'll just throw out some some of my favorite moments of the Queen concert. Um. The first of which probably being Brian May sang my favorite Queen song, and I did not expect it to uh, hit the show, but it was 39. Um, it's, it's the one where he's talking about... How's that we go? Um, in the year of 39, sailed a ship in from the blue. <laughs> no? Okay. Um, well, it's basically... Brian, I just want to see if he can get you to sing. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's not hard. Um, Brian he was May, in theater. He was, I, in, I was, he in, was in theater? In high school. Oh. Um, so it's not difficult for me to do anything. I mean... Wait, what? R- related to <laughs> public speaking, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, he's, he sang 39, and it was one of those bits where, like, it was just him and the guitar, and everyone else was off stage, you know, resting their voices, because I think uh, Roger had just finished singing I'm in Love With My Car, which is funny. And if you've, if you've seen Bohemian Rhapsody, that's, like, a huge in-joke in the movie. Yeah, th- that was a great movie. It was a really good movie. It, it was t- a really good movie, and people hated it. A lot of people hated it. Why? I don't know. I know, like I don't understand. I don't understand why people are so want to hate things. I know the timeline was like a bit like off. You know, they they said uh, you know certain songs came out this year when it really came out the year before or something like that. Right, but they he they worked directly with Queen. Yeah, and so most of the story is correct. Mm-hmm. It was a very sad story, knowing that he spent most of his time in a house, in a giant house with cats. But <laughs> I mean, that's it's not bad. No, it's not love bad. Cats. cats are great. I love cats, and I love wearing crowns. <laughs> um, so thir- I'm just enjoying watching. It's like I'm not even here. So, so 39 was really. <laughs> Did good. you just turn into Nate? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the goat? Where's the goat? Where's my knife? Um, so 39 was good. Um, I want to ride my bicycle cracked me up because it was like it had happened right after one of the segments where Adam Lambert was off stage because he was doing a costume change and he rises up out of the stage on a motorcycle in like some like rhinestone leather Sounds stuff right with like him. tassels and he's just like like laying on the, on the, <laughs> all on the provocative motorcycle and all, all sexual all making me feel things and whatnot uh, rising up out of the ground. Um, and then there was a really touching moment where, um, and they, uh, the Tacoma Dome posted a little snippet of it on their Facebook. Um, it's Brian May singing, uh, Love of My Life, which, you know, had everyone in tears, including myself, because it used to be a thing where it would just be Brian and, uh, Freddie, and it was just the guitar, and it mm. was just those two, like, singing with each other. Right. And, you know, you know, Freddie's dead, so it was just Brian. But mm-hmm. then, like, um, for a section of the vocals, they just put Freddie up on the screen, and they have, like, a recording of him oh, singing. Oh, that's good. And so they were, like, kind of singing with mm-hmm. each other, and everyone was crying. Oh, that's good. Um, that's good. Yeah, that me in tears. Of course, Bohemian Rhapsody, always good. Bohemian Rhapsody was the only reason I grew out my hair long, <laughs> just so I could, like, just... just right. That's fair. For the Wayne's yeah, World effect. Yeah, and yeah. everyone was doing it. I'm going to say this, that... That song was an okay song until Wayne's World came out. And then all of a sudden it popped huge. 
Like, people enjoyed the song, but it, it wasn't mainstream. Well, when... Well, before my time. Yeah. So, because I, I don't know too much history when it comes to Queen. Um, we're, because they were mostly 80s, right? For the most part? Like late 70s. Yeah, late 70s, 70s, early 80s? And then into the 90s. Okay. All right. I'm... I don't know, because, like, yeah, I heard I heard Bohemian Rhapsody on there, but then it wasn't until I got older and actually moved up here that I started listening more to rock, so that's when I started listening to a little bit of Queen. My allergies are destroying my face. That's fine. It happens to the best of us. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no. It's like, I, I don't listen to too much Queen. I know, like, the basic, like, hard hitters. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think, I think they're still a great band. It's really hard for me to... Um, what I, what I think it is, is, like, when I hear covers of, like, Bohemian Rhapsody or I Ride My Bicycle and stuff like that or, um, uh, what is it? Oh, whatever. Freddie Mercury had such a unique voice that whenever I hear any cover of it, it sounds terrible to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Adam Lambert did Freddie justice mm-hmm. he's really good he can hit all those high notes right and the dude you know I guess he's been working for uh, with Queen for like eight years so now he's oh, got wow. like the expertise behind it right too. Um, he even made sure to like come out and be like yeah I know I'm not Freddie I've heard it before right I, I'm just the most attractive fan <laughs> and, I, and I was just like man if I if I wasn't myself I'd want to be Adam Lambert that's fair um, cause like a little di- little Brandon, quote there. Brandon yeah. Urie, who is the lead singer of Panic at the Disco, he is one of my favorite vocalists ever. That man has a beautiful voice and excellent range. He he's a great showman. Oh, and is it the greatest showman? He yeah. did a song for the greatest showman. Oh, okay, yeah. well, there you go. <laughs> um, and for when Suicide Squad came out, not related, because like the Suicide Squad album, honestly, compared to the movie, was really it was good. They well, made a bunch of originals. <laughs> I mean, no, honestly, how could it? Like, how could the album be worse than the movie? <laughs> if all the songs the movie were really, Ice really J really Fish, huh? If all the songs were recorded by Ice JJ Fish. Hmm. Um, I'm still thinking it would be better than the movie. You'd be wrong. <laughs> um, but no, he did a cover of Bohemian Rhapsody on that soundtrack. And okay. it doesn't sound right. But I, I love Brandon Urie so much because he's, he's a ridiculous person. And all the way from the, the emo kid days to now, it's like, loved his voice. That song does not sound good. Xavier, were you seen... See, not a lot of black people can be seen. So, by, by like a connect? Yes. Yeah. I was that young. I, okay. Oh, I got into bitterness here. No, 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 no. It's fine, because I, I've admitted it. It's like, I listen to metal, I listen to rock and stuff like that, all that screamo crap. I was that kid back in the day that listened to like Paramore or Panic at the Disco or Bullet for My Valentine, all these... Uh, I hate society, go away mom, I hate the bands that you like type of deals, you know? Um, I mean, I can't pull off the look because, as you said, you grew your hair out because, you know, you wanted to headbang at a show. I tried growing my hair out and it didn't go down, it just continued to go up. (laughs) (laughs) And Which I think would be awesome. What, an afro? For you, yeah. Like if you were just a... Do the huge afro thing. I, I had it in high school, and I've had it while we worked together for a while. I know it was amazing. Yeah. Maybe get you some um, locks. 
Huh? Maybe get some locks. I thought about, about breads, but the corn, corn rolls. Never. <laughs> no. Gary curl. No. But the um, like trying to do dreadlocks was like the the going to be the next step. Mm-hmm. But my hair didn't grow out fast enough and properly. And I didn't take good care of it, so it wouldn't have worked. Oh, okay. right, but yeah. that's the point of dreadlocks, is you don't take care of your hair. Were you, were you going to go for, like, thin dreads or, like, the thick ones? You have to go thick. Okay, good. Thin, like, thin dreads it's, are for people that just want to braid their hair It's normal. for white girls. Yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's my professional opinion that thick dreads are the most aesthetically pleasing hairstyle. Yeah. Like, I, I can't think of one that just makes me more, like, happy to see. And right. it sucks because I, I can't do it. Right. So, Even if it were my heritage, I don't think I could do it with this hair. So with uh, with that being said, me growing up liking rock and metal, obviously I'm in a headbang, right? Because that's just what it is. I, I still do it to this day, like, on the car rides home. I'll, I'll put on a song and I'm just like, as somebody's looking next to me, I'm sitting there, like, just going at it. But... There's two different styles of headbanging when it comes to listening to that style of music. You have the long hair, so you can do like the hair, the hair flips, or you have to go like the bald basis route and just look like you're, you like the, everything from like here up is having a seizure, <laughs> where like you like your your head's not making any like proper motion. It's just the that's whole not, time. That's not the basis. The, okay. I play bass. I know what the bass face so is. So I said the bald bases. Oh, the bald bases. So there, there's a few different types of basses face. The most common... Bass face. Bass face. It's true. It is bass <laughs> face. Like, if you watch bass players, they get into this, like, neck, and they do this thing. It depends on the style of music, though, doesn't it? Do you, do you slap the bass? Or, or do you just... just... I, do, I play blues styles, so, okay. so I don't really do a lot of slap. Mm-hmm. But... Yes, the, anytime I slap at the bass, <laughs> I I Great I do movie. love watching like if you like watch music videos, all the guitar players are just yeah, like they're just and the bass players like yeah, no, because uh, like I had a I have a buddy that, that <laughs> I have a, like while I was the, growing they up they get duck lips and then they just do this with their neck. <laughs> I have a buddy that I grew up with in high school and stuff like that, where he uh, he was part of a band. Like I knew all the band members. And he played the bass, but it, it, it goes to like where like they do like the head bob and they're like rocking back and forth. And then when they get to a certain part, their head like just leans back and they're like closing their eyes because they're really into it and their hands hurt. And they come back and then they'll go back to the head bob, and then they keep going. It's like it was like a cycle that you could see happen. It's like all right, he's about to reset, and there it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I don't. Know. I forgot where we were going with that conversation. We were going with Queen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her Majesty. So, did Queen play any new songs? Or did they just play a lot of the greatest hits? Or did they come out with new music? Um, Because I went and saw... I don't think they've had new music since Ready. So, I went and saw Journey a few years Mm -hmm. ago. And... Uh, Journey's a fun band. They have a lot of great old songs. It's kind of along the lines of Queen, and they're kind of in that little genre era. They played half of their set was new songs. And I was like, nobody wants to hear your new songs. Mm-hmm. You, like, what? why? 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 Nobody cares. They just want to hit hear the greatest hits, basically, from you. 
Um, so yeah, they didn't have any new songs because um, the the band were the songwriters and and half of them are dead. Right. So I think it's like in their best interest to just honor their comrades' memories. Yeah, because um, it seemed like insulting. I I for a second I thought like well, we, not, we might get some insulting because the music should go on. Yeah, but right, right. which is the, one of the songs you know the show. Well, but the show must go but on. it's the right. human race. But but no, here's the thing: the music should go on. But there's that point when you've reached. Just touring, <laughs> yep. where you should not be creating new stuff. Like there's very, very, very few bands that can create new stuff when they're at that level. Like U2 is basically one of the only bands that you're like, okay, a couple little new songs here and there is fine. But when it comes to, oh, lost connection. Oh, what happened? Keep talking. Yeah, you're gonna need the audio for this. Um, I feel like. Metallica would fall under that category in in terms of like what what he's talking about. <clears throat> no, uh, Maroon Five tried. Maroon Five has Adam Levine. That's all I have to say. I mean, it's like songs about Jane is probably my favorite album of all time, and then like as soon as we hit maybe. 2010, 2011, they just start losing me. I just Maroon don't. Five. I don't care for Maroon Five. Just Adam Levine. Barely him. Oh, like he is a great singer, like great vocalist and everything. Great, um, you know. I'm assuming he's a pretty good showman mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I also hear he's a kind of a dick. Oh yeah, he's a diva. Yeah, so don't like that. It, he he is the white musician. Of Cardi B's. It's taking me a second to, to sink in. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, he's been on The Voice, and I've seen him on The Voice, and he's very hypercritical, but, you know, I guess he can go about that route. But then you have other vocalists who are at the same level, if not higher than his, in terms of popularity and, and vocal abilities, where they are just like, they can be more understanding. Mm-hmm. You know? Humble. Right. And, and so it's like, for instance, it's like, uh, what was it? Recently I've started listening to, uh, what is her name? Billie Eilish? Is that, is that how you say it? I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. I like a lot of her music because her vocal range is really good. You know, it's, it's most of her softer songs, less of her, like, uh, party mixes or whatever. But her, I like, I like her voice. I heard a bunch of covers and stuff like that on on YouTube and like a lot of people are really good and it was like auditions for The Voice mm-hmm. and like Adam doesn't turn around or whatever it's like alright buddy I mean I guess I kind of get it for The Voice because it's kind of like a game for the judges too you know they, yeah. they can only accept so many pl- people they're, play- they're legitimately playing chicken it's like who's gonna do it first yeah um, you know I, I know I know they don't want to like burn out their their things too much, but it's weird because it, like, isn't it like in the second round they can like steal people or something? Like yeah, that? something like that. I don't know. I never really watched it, um, but I just it just saw pieces here and there. Um, yeah. Anyways, back to the conversation in terms of like covers and people singing that isn't Freddie. Um, like I said, Brandon Urie is one of my favorites. The Bohemian Rhapsody cover is difficult for me to listen to because it's not Freddie. There is a. Acapella group by the name of Pentatonix. Right. You know, they're 
Ooh, what was that face? I, I've never been the biggest fan of acapella groups. I like a lot of acapella. I, I like Pentatonic specifically because they have a distinct style where like they, it, it's only five people at a time with maybe a guest like Lindsey Sterling or... Lindsey Lohan. No. Gary Benice. What is wrong with you? There's a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm lost now. Yeah. Uh, Gary Busey. But yeah, but any, any time it's... Is like, it, he just screams? Yeah. No, stop. Gary Busey would be amazing oh. in an acapella group. Ooh, what would be a great crazy person acapella group? Like crazy it would be like, train? Like, like Gary Busey... Uh, Flava Flav? Flava Flav. Oh, Flava Flav would be amazing. With him with his gold <laughs> medallion. Hmm, that's two. Who else would I add? I, I actually do. William Shatner. I'd probably add him. William gotta, Shatner, Willem Dafoe, ooh. and then I think you were onto something, Lindsay Lohan. Oh, yes. I want to see it. <laughs> They've already started it. Uh, Shatner did his, his Rocket Man thing. I know. Did you hear that? I listened to some of it. It was so amazing. <laughs> Loved it. It's so like why are you uh why are you even trying this? It's so bad. You just gotta learn to enjoy the finer things in life, Xavier. No. Xavier, what's wrong? Are you are you lamenting your flat top? <laughs> Is it because you can't grow out a fro or anyways, Queen. Yeah, so um, the end of the show, you know, uh, they, of course, performed Bohemian Rhapsody because you always got to save the best for last. Um, the screen comes down, you know, everyone's, you know, shouting for an encore, stomping their feet, clapping really hard. And I'm just going to let you know, I'm, I'm going to use my, my one later in this because it is part of the show. Oh, okay. Um, and then for, like, kind of the beginning of the encore, they throw up, like, a like an image of Freddie doing the A-O. Oh, yeah, yeah, the... That part. And then you know, everyone does it, but instead of doing the all right at the end, he just goes, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And so the whole crowd says it back, and you know, I'm cracking up the whole time. And then it comes up, and then they do um, We Are the Champions, and uh, We Will Rock You. Or We Will Rock You, then We Are the Champions, and then that was the actual finish. That's a, that's a good, good finale, like with the set of songs. Mm. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Anything else on Queen? How would you rate the show? Oh, well, how many Caleb's out of Caleb's? How many? How many Caleb's are there? <laughs> okay, I will give it. I will give it uh, a solid uh, fourteen out of fourteen Caleb's. Okay, that's um, pretty good. I was I was on the floor. I wasn't like in front of the stage, but I was close enough to like look into Adam Lambert's pupils and just be sucked into them. Right. Um, yeah, really good. I'm my ears are still ringing. This is the biggest concert I've ever. You're been so to. confused by that statement. No, I just a bunch of really bad jokes came into my head. Oh lord, when, no such thing as a bad joke. Oh, when it when it comes it's, to sucking anything, it's, then it's yes, good, there is. It's good to someone. We don't we don't play around here. Um, but yeah, it's the biggest concert I've ever been to. Um, and like I was telling Xavier earlier, I, this is the concert where I get it. When uh, you know all the all the old folk are like, if you go to concerts, you'll go deaf, right? Because I couldn't hear myself like when I walked out of the building. Yeah, no, that happens. Um, my my throat's still kind of sore from the screaming and the singing. Yeah, that's how it is every show. Uh, um, I mean, it's only one of like three concerts concerts I've been to. Really, the, the other two being uh, Weird Al, 
Which is amazing. Which I was at the Puyallup Fair one year. Right. Um, and then uh, this man called Mew. Um, no, I don't know either. He was one of my like friends' favorite bands. I just mm. went with him. Really yeah. cool. Some Swedish hipster band. Okay. So, uh... Damn, Mevo is broken. Anyways. Okay, so just straight audio? Straight audio for this one. I, I'm going to use my phone for the next one. Okay. I have a nice camera thing. You should just draw, like, stick figures to fill in the blanks. I should. Get your start in animation. If you just find an animator, it'd be great. Um, I would love an animator. Right? I would love have, like... If I could get an animator for... At least for Nate's wolf story... I want that. Yeah, that'd be good. His adopt I adopted a wolf one time story. It's one of our shirts. Oh. He he told us he told he's us a, he's a beast master too? <laughs> yeah. He told us in one of the episodes, he said, uh, like randomly, he just threw this out. He's like, I adopted a wolf one time. And, it was <laughs> like, and we were like, What? <laughs> and then he went into the story of how he he paid a hundred dollars to adopt a wolf. And they sent him a picture of the wolf. Oh, okay. And and then he went to the wildlife thing to see the wolf, but the wolf didn't show up. Oh no! <laughs> and so we made fun of him because really we were like, we were like, does the wolf even exist? I doubt it. I doubt it as well. I mean, I bet there are wolves there, and the place does need money. Right. Um, but maybe that is, particular wolf was is there. his wolf actually there? Probably not. Was it? Was it like that wolf haven place? Maybe because because there is like um, like a wildlife sanctuary that is entirely wolves. Interesting. I can't remember where it is. Um, I think it's like it's on, it's on the way to Aberdeen. I think. Interesting. Somewhere in between here. And Maybe that's where it was, and there. he didn't he didn't know where it was because he went to go visit that his wolf, and it just never came out. <laughs> but anytime I've ever gone to the zoo, the wolves are always just kind of like. Yeah, don't go. Don't go to the Tacoma Zoo. It's lame. No. <laughs> if 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 you want to go to any like wildlife place, go to Northwest Trek. They're probably the best one because their they animals are... are in like a natural environment. Yeah, they're I like that pens. place. Um, it's it's very it's very fun because you just ride on these little trams. And yeah. Through through the wilderness. Um, and nobody's died yet, as far as I know. <laughs> that they uh they won't that, tell us. That they will tell us. Um, could be like Jurassic Park there though. Where they, I mean, it's like they breed hybrids and stuff like that, and they just haven't <laughs> told us about it yet. That's what the wolf man is. <laughs> That's the wolf. Yeah, you, you thought it was going to be animal animal hybrids. Boy, are you wrong. <laughs> um, the ox man's there too. Oh, okay. Um, Jesus. Did he the go minotaur. to? Did he go to Oxford? <sighs> no. <laughs> He's in Washington. Oh, okay. That makes sense. He lives in the labyrinth underneath Northwest Trek. <sighs> labyrinth is a great movie. You know what? I've never seen it. All yeah. I all I know is that was well, like Jennifer Connelly's in it and David Bowie. David in it. Bowie. That movie and, is and, awesome. And puppets. And puppets. I saw it in uh, Seattle. Same same place I saw the room. It's a good movie. Uh, David Bowie is was on something in that movie, and Jim Henson was like high fiving David Bowie like every five minutes with all those puppets. Oh yeah. Um. It's a gr- it's a great movie. Yeah. It's just. David Bowie completely over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Glam rock all the way. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of movies. I Omicron. Know, no. 
We're not no. going back. Oh, that's the second time. We're talking Wait, about David Bowie. That's the second time in in the last pod, the last two podcasts that we've brought up Omicron. So I don't know what Omicron is. So let's talk about it. Ah, uh, man, Xavier, I think this is your uh, why your is, wheelhouse. Why? Go on, explain. Oh, okay, Omicron. so Omicron is the it was the first game made by Quantic Dream. It's the same people that made Beyond Two Souls, Heavy Rain, Detroit Become Human, and there's another one I think. Fahrenheit? Yeah, Indigo Prophecy. Yeah. Um, this was their first attempt at a at a very... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. It sure was. <laughs> Let's just call it, like, the Disappointment Saga, where they made this... They made this game expecting it to be, like, a trilogy, I think it was. And they couldn't go anywhere past the first game because the controls were so god-awful and there was nothing ever explained that they couldn't do anything about it. Well, whilst making the uh, the video game, they hired, or they, they, brought, they brought the idea to David Bowie. David Bowie was so on board with the idea that he made music for it Along with the guy, one of the guys from The Cure. The, the sad one? Probably. Because that's all of them. Yeah. <laughs> one of them, yeah. Um, it was just it, super... That game. It, it's called Omicron... What was it? Omicron... The Nomad Soul? The Nomad Soul. No, not Omicron per CI8. I was going to no. say Omicron per CI8. Yeah, Omicron, the the Nomad Soul, where the entire premise of the the entire premise of the game is that you are you they they really you hit, yeah Dave. you specifically as the player you're the main character you're the About main time. character <laughs> and and what happens is that from time to time depending on characters living or dying you as the player, which they they fourth wall break immediately as soon as the game yeah, starts. Yeah, like the first scene. The first scene is like, all right, you're you're the gamer. It's your job to play this game, and you have to defeat the evil overlord, whatever the hell. That guy. Yeah, that Him. dude. And you have to go through a myriad of exploration, fighting game, and first-person shooter all in this game. We're not going to give you any... It's like... So you play as a, uh, you start off as a cop character. Okay. And you're supposed to be investigating, I guess, your partner's death or disappearance. Mm. And then somehow, after you get to a certain point involving these demonic spirit warriors. Oh yeah, it goes from like zero to ten. Yeah, and you, then up to eleven. You, yeah, you go from you fight these demonic spirit warriors, and then. You, if you die, your soul transfers to a different body, and then from there, it just does its own thing. I have never played this game. I will never play this game. <laughs> I've. Why would you never, never play the game? Never say never. Yeah. Never. I mean, that could be the first game okay. that we uh, play. What's the together? worst game that that has the worst control that you can think of? I only got one to my mind. Um, the, man, I, I I think that it was called Oni. Oni. Um. Oh man, I forgot who made it. Anyways, Only the Blind Forest or whatever. No, that's Ori. Oh no, Oni. It's it was like this weird dystopian cyberpunk looking PS2 game. Right. Um. I forget who made it. It's someone. It's someone who is big now. 
Um, but I just remember playing the tutorial, uh-huh. and that was enough for me. Yeah, mine is Superman 64. Super Omicron makes Superman 64 play like like Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. The game is god awful. Uh, buttons don't make sense. You run with like the start button or something. It's it's just terrible. And Quantic Dream was just so far up there. What's his name? name? Who's uh, David something? David Cage. David David Cage is so far up his own ass that he he is a filmmaker. Right. But he makes these games thinking that they are going to be just as good. Nobody understands what Omicron is. What is... What movies has he made? It doesn't matter because they're probably terrible. (laughs) I mean, I think David Bowie was probably the only person who understood, and he took that secret to That's the It's because grave. David Bowie's probably as weird as, as David Cage is. No, no okay, offense against so David Bowie. He's an amazing artist. But holy crap, do you, you remember what his part in that game was? He had two parts. Have you seen? Vaguely. Have, have you listened to any David Bowie's songs? No. He's weird. I believe it. He's David beyond Bowie's, weird. He's like a fifth dimensional being. Yeah, he is. Like, That's what I'm saying. Like, like Elvis. I, I, I've, <laughs> I've seen his outfits... That is enough. I've seen him in Labyrinth. That is enough. Right, but that's him normally. Right. That's him like on a Tuesday. <laughs> play a David Cage game. Sure, I'll do it. I'm not going to lie. Detroit wasn't like... De- Detroit and Heavy Rain are two of his best works. Mm-hmm. Heavy Rain. And, I mean, Detroit did have some like really awkward civil rights allegories at times. Right. But, but that was kind of... I feel like that was the point. Exactly. It was. It was a whole like... Racist type of deal. Was that do, do, the Detroit becoming human? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's basically it, just do machines with independent thought get rights. Yeah. Okay. And that's ex- explored right. over again. A heavy rain was a murder mystery that may or may not have some type of sci-fi magical influence, but it just turns out that it was. I guess it was sci-fi because of the FBI guys like glasses, maybe. <laughs> Yeah. If you if you it, you just need to play it. Yeah, uh, like the actual story. How do you is, know like, if this movie is sci-fi? Well, the guy's glasses. Oh, I mean, is this what it was? But it's like David Cage has the same formula for every one of his things. Now, like, what was it? Beyond Two Souls. I never played it. Never seen it. I watched the best friends play it. You might as well have just drugged Ellen Page and Willem Dafoe through the trash. Oh. Yeah, the, it didn't make sense. They 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 set up plot lines it, when upon the game's original release, it presented the game not in um, timeline order. So you started okay. at here's thing. All right, now we're gonna jump to like 15 years in the future. Then we're gonna jump back to when she was a child. Then we're gonna jump back to when she left the organization, but we're in the Mojave Desert or something like that. And we're understanding that her power is somehow connected to some type of Indian spirit. Like it didn't make it didn't make any sense, you know. And then it made sense. It didn't. So you just, you just weren't you just didn't get it. So if they had presented <laughs> the story like in order, which you can do, would it have been? Like, at least decent? No, because, oh. like, thematically, it's not okay. And then, and then Indigo Prophecy... What do you mean, thematically, it's not okay? Because cause they're presenting you Mathematically. with... Mathematically? Mathematically? No. They're presenting you with this idea, right? And then so you're, going, you're going throughout the game, you're going throughout the game, and you're, like, finding out, okay, so she was, she has these powers, 
then she gains some type of um, she she loses what was it? She gets adopted by a family. The family doesn't want her because of her powers. Right. Then she gets put into this organization by where the where the lead researcher Willem Dafoe seems like a nice guy because he's taking care of this child. And then William Defoe. And then goes on where she grows up older, escapes, almost gets raped, then comes back, and then like later on in life she gets thrown into a secret military operation to where In David Cage games, at least from my experience, there's always at least one really rapey scene. Yeah, you're right. In every single one that I've seen. Yes. Um Heavy oh. Rain being the worst of it because that that scene Detroit was like that too. No, because yeah. in Heavy Rain, like when that scene happens, it's just like it's just a dream. It didn't need to be there. It You're da- talking about Madison in the shower scene? Yeah, when like the dudes break in. Yeah, but she also ends up going to the club and dancing for the fatso dude. I know it's like everything to do with her character is all messed up. It's all messed up, yeah. and it's always it's always the same type of lady too. Yeah, it is. It's always uh, a white girl with short brown hair. Yep, mm. yep. The only difference in Detroit is that you get to choose your hair color. Oh, yeah. well, that's nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So, so Ellen Page ends up going and joining this military service. She almost kills the child, but then decides not to because it's not okay. Defects from the military. Defects from this secret service operation after having to storm underwater at this Chinese underwater super base where they were experimenting on this ghost parallel dimension that may or may not affect how the universe works after it. And then later on, Ellen Page ends up going back to... uh, going back to the facility where she was raised by Willem Dafoe, and it turns out Willem Dafoe is just an asshole because he was trying to use her powers to bring back his dead wife and daughter. Yeah. I mean, that's always a good villain motivation. Right, that's fine, but look at everything I presented to you. You went from child to, like, young adult to almost raped to somehow the Mojave Desert with ghost spirits to underwater Chinese base... To, okay, now I'm an asshole. It doesn't make sense. It's not consistent. It makes total sense to me. Well, you're not human. I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, with Indigo Prophecy, which, at, at the time of its release, like, even watching it, it, like, it had a lot of promise. Right up until the main character starts trying to kung fu helicopters. I mean, you're only going to get the opportunity to do it once. You might as well do it when the like, opportunity it, 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 Wait, how many... Helicopters? Do you get to kung fu? One. Well, I would assume, yeah. But then, but, but then you have a Matrix style. It's like Smith, one and done. Smith Neo fight in the air with some weird, some weird Mayan Inca dude in a trench coat. Who... Did that just come out around the Matrix time? Maybe I don't know. It was like two thousand two. Well, it's like again because it, again it leads up to being like Matrix a is like supernatural one two thousand two. The first one? Yeah. It was, like, it was like 98. It's like 99, yeah. 99, I can check. Yeah. Somewhere during, somewhere during the Attitude Era, the Matrix came out. <laughs> no, so, so with Integral Prophecy, it leads off with being a, uh, a, a, sci, like a, a supernatural mystery. Because your character in the beginning commits murder after being seen that he's being uh, controlled through this like blood ritual. Right? So now, as you're going through the game, you're trying to not get caught, but then also you're playing as a character who's trying to catch the murderer, but then you're also playing as her partner who's trying to keep his relationship stable. 
Now, as you go on, it gets to a point where it's like, all right, we don't, there's something called the indigo prophecy and the indigo child, and we're trying to understand how it works. And as, as time is progressing through the game, it's getting more and more colder. And you realize that the main character died, like, at the point of some situation. Hold on. Spoilers. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I think I think for games for games and media older than ten years. Yeah, I know. I'm just yeah. joking. So so all, all of it happens, and you're like, where are we? This doesn't make any sense. So you get you get to the end. You're getting close to the end, and you and you finally get caught up by the cops, and you're like, all right, I gotta run. So you start running. This is after you get like. Um, is this one of those games where at the very end your character wakes up from a dream? It, it could possibly be one of those. It has multiple endings, knowing David Cage. Okay. So so you, you get to the point where you're like, all right, cool. Now we're running from the police. My superpowers have now activated. I'm hopping over walls. I'm jumping from train bridges onto this. I'm fighting helicopters. I'm having a, a kung fu hand-to-hand fight with this mysterious man. Who, by the way, you don't see until the end of the game. And the only time you see him before that is, I think, in the beginning of the game. Then you have to uh, find this indigo prophecy child. By the way, then you have AI computers that come out of left field that don't make any sense of why they're there, but they know everything about the indigo prophecy and the indigo child and the fact that if we save this child or if you give the child to them, everything will be fine or the world will be restarted or whatever. And depending on your choices throughout the game, also on whether or not you had sex with the cop who was looking for you, by the way, you're dead. You're a Zambambo man and you're having sex with this woman because she doesn't care. And then you get to the end, and then you may have saved the world, or hell freezes over. That's Indigo Prophecy. Yeah, but hell freezing over is not that bad, because it's a hot place. It's ice age over the world. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, no. so Earth freezes over. Earth. 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 Not yeah. hell. Well, Earth. Welcome to Earth. Exactly. <laughs> and then, like, you, you go from that to heavy rain, where it, it, it's a mist. It's a is it a warm rain? Maybe. Did it thaw the Earth? Maybe. How heavy is the rain? Did they Very. weigh it? Um, but yeah, no, you have your three characters. You have uh, four characters. Because you have Shelby, you have Madison, you have Nathan, and I forget what the cop's name. Well, no, no, Nathan was the cop. I think the dad was Ethan. Ethan, yeah. And they sing a quartet nope. through the movie. No, they do not. I wish. Um, so as you're going through it, you're like, all right, cool. Any one of these four people could be the murderer of these children because somebody's kidnapping children from these parents and then locking them up in a specific area to where rain, when it rains very heavily, it overfloods and the kid drowns. So you're trying to figure out who the murderer is, but you are also playing one of the murderers. And you get to the end, you find out who it is. I'm not going to spoil it because that one's actually decent. Yeah, all no, the that's, it's, it's actually really good. Despite all the BS that comes along with it, um, in terms of like, and all these characters have some type of specific situation, and where it's like, all right, I can see how this person may or may not be the murderer. One of the character has blackouts. One of them's like a journalist who's kind of a bitch. Um, one dude is wearing these glasses that he has to take a specific hypno draw or whatever, which causes him to be. You know, People with glasses are the worst. Absolutely. <laughs> Hell yeah. And, yeah. and he takes these drugs which allow him to use the glasses, but it also gives him the side effect of, well, if he takes too much, then he won't be able, he'll be able to see the augmented reality with the glasses off. And then you have, like, the cop who is still shady, but he's, or he wasn't a cop. He's he a PI. A, yeah, he's a PI because he got, like, 
kicked off or retired off the force or something yeah. like that. And so he's also looking for these murderers, uh, this murderer or whatever. And it, it, it's a good story. I mean, granted, it has certain sections that don't really make sense in between it. Like the rape. Like the rape. Or the rapey. Or the rapey in the dream sequence. Yeah. Um, And then her going to the club to extract information by doing a lap dance, which, by the way, that's just a how creepy are you meter because you can go and do the entire thing without taking Madison's clothes off or you can go as far as putting her in her bra and panties. David Cage. David Cage. Yeah, but that... That's how I get information from I people. I bet it is. Dude, dude laugh dances. Yeah. <laughs> so so that way I can... I mean, I'm doing one right now. I, oh, whoa. Take <laughs> it off. And, and then with... I'm just trying to get some information. And then, and then with Detroit, with Detroit, it's really good because, I mean, granted, you're, there's a perspective of three different androids. You have Marcus, which you can either be a, like, a right liberal or violent dictator of you, this robotic super army. You can either be MLK or... Um, Malcolm Max. X. Yeah. And that's what it is. And that's clearly what that allegory is meant to be. You can make your symbol the big black fist. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go to, uh, what was the girl's name? Kara. Kara. She is the mother figure. So your, your entire thing is, I must protect the child. Child must be protected. And then she has a, she ends up finding another bodyguard determining whether or not you actually trust the dude by that point. And then you go on. It's like, can we make it to Canada? Because Canada doesn't have robots. So we can be safe there. Once Wait, we why get does there. it can't? Oh, because there's Cause, nobody up in Canada. Because with with no robots means no robot laws. Yeah. So if they can su- successfully sneak in there, they can pretend to be humans. They can Detroit become human. Wait, is, <laughs> is Detroit in Canada? No, no, it's they're, in they're in Detroit. Detroit's really close to Canada, right? Yeah, I know it's close. So, to so Canada. their entire thing is like we need to get to Canada. Because anything that happens in in Detroit at that point determined is based off of what Marcus is doing, and Connor. Yeah, and Connor, because Connor's looking for Marcus and his and his group, and he's also trying to stop. Um, what were they called? Uh, what was the name of the robots that were defecting? Oh, it was like a specific. Well, yeah, word. it was like a specific term for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Deviants. Deviants, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, was, that's a good it, one. Deviants were the AIs that were uh, that were starting to lose their programming and starting to act more yeah. self-aware. So it was Connor's job to stop that from happening right. or, or to take them out before they do anything. Connor is the Terminator. Yeah, Con- right. Connor. That's what that's what I got from watching a little bit of right. Movie. So so as Connor, it's your choice to make yourself more aware. Or stay doing your job. I find it interesting that Connor is the Terminator, though the Terminator is trying to kill John Connor. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, with that being said, movies. Yeah. Wait, what time are we at? 46. We got enough to talk about one. We can talk about one in the next one. One and done? Um, yeah. All right, do you want to do mine or yours? Uh, talk about yours because I don't care about the movie enough to go watch it. Okay. Wait, um, what? You don't care about the movie enough to go watch it? Yeah. So Why not? You'll find out. Dark Phoenix sucks ass. Whoa, how dare you? I saw Dark Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Did, what did you think of it? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> it, it's not the worst uh, X-Men's movie. Right. But, boy, is it nowhere near the top. Oh, how dare you? In, in my opinion, it was right above... Apocalypse, because Apocalypse to me was just, it was disrespectful. Apocalypse was on 
the line of like made for TV. Yeah, that was filmed in the eighties, and it had, news, a bun- yeah. it had a bunch of kids that were just like, "Don't do drugs." I've news, yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, with Dark Phoenix, uh, let's see if I can say this as spoiler free as possible. You can say whatever you spoiler want. Spoiler alert! If you don't want to know the crap to Dark Phoenix, skip to time below or just click off the podcast. Click okay. Click forward to no, the don't, next 30 no, seconds. Don't don't click off the podcast, please. <laughs> we have families. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is our paychecks. <laughs> despite <laughs> me saying that I got a new job. Um so it was it felt like the beginning of the movie was just it was just way too slow for me. Right. Um and like, you know, it's it's gotta explain you know, the Phoenix Force and all that, but I think at this point, anyone who watched X-Men The Last Stand uh, knows the whole deal. Anyone who's read the comics knows the whole deal. So you, you don't got to dig into it too much. Um, that being said, when it comes to the Phoenix Force itself, uh, all we really get is it's there. Yeah, that, that part is very frustrating when you're watching the movie. And a lot of those type of things, I'm just like, I'm just going to go with it. Because... I understand there's a whole bunch of, like, history to this whole thing, and then just having something show up and happen. It's very frustrating for a big fan, but as just a moviegoer, I just kind of, like, I'm just used to things just happening, and just, just kind of go, I'm going to go with it. Even though it doesn't make sense that she tapped into the Phoenix Force. In, in Apocalypse. Pre- in Apocalypse, and then they just explain it in this one. Um, and Gotta then, love those retcons. <laughs> and then there were moments where, like... Which they are retconning the entire X-Men movie. Cool, again. for a third time. No, this is for the first time. Wink. <laughs> um, so th- then there's like moments where you're supposed to be emotionally invested. Um, I'm going to say it. Spoilers. <laughs> um, Whoa, the spike. It's when... Uh, <laughs> Continue. So um, Mystique dies in the very beginning finally? of the movie. Finally? Finally. And it's, it's like they tease it a lot in the trailer. Do they? Yeah. Where is Mystique in the trailer? I, I'm assuming... I just assume they learned their lesson. They and learned so, it so hard they had to kill her off. Anyways, they, they kill her and it's supposed to be this whole like, uh, oh no, Jean, what have you done? She's you also not on the posters. She's not on the posters. I haven't looked at anything. I assume it's just Jean Grey in Phoenix mode for most of the posters. Yeah, most of them. Yeah. Which doesn't happen until, you know, the end of the movie. But anyways... Oh my god, why? But anyways, uh, Mystique dies and it's supposed to be like, oh no, she doesn't really die in a cool way. It's like, she goes to like, calm Jean down after Jean has a, like a hissy fit and blows everyone up. No, what? But for me... She didn't, didn't kill anyone. She just... Oh! Yeah. And then... Scree! And then she goes straight into some spikes. Yes. Yeah, because she just goes, ah! And then Mystique flies back and hits some Debris. And you know what? This is what I dies. this is what I really enjoyed about that part. I'm tired of seeing that character. Mystique? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm so tired of it, and I'm tired of her being like the focal character out of all the X-Men, and she's not even one of the most interesting X-Men. No. But they just keep bringing her to the front and bringing her to another movie, and you're just like, oh my gosh, we have to not have Wolverine for you. Yeah, no Wolverine. <laughs> um, there were moments where I was like, <laughs> um, the the fight on the train I thought was really good. Yeah. Um, there's a bit where like you know uh, you have like timid 
Nightcrawler for most of the movie. He's kind of just like, you know, the shy guy. And then there's a bit where you know, he's trying to help out one of, the, one of the security guards, and the guard dies, and he just, like, snaps and turns into actual Nightcrawler, picks up a knife, and just starts teleporting and, like, slashing people's throats. That is something it, I really enjoyed about the movie, because... It's graphic. They, it is very graphic, and they... people with this tail. And near the end, they kill people. A lot of people. Yeah. And that never happens in any of the X-Men movie. They always just kind of incapacitate you, them. Thank Deadpool. Right. So... That was one of the reasons why it was one of my higher movies is because he, like, Nightcrawler snaps and he just literally starts just tearing people apart. It's pretty awesome. But my biggest gripe with the movie, Dave, what are the names of the antagonists? Who knows? Exactly. So I saw something on this that I can can contribute. The antagonists. Okay, so let me go back a bit. This movie was being made the same time as Captain Marvel. Which it was supposed to come out before Captain Marvel. It was supposed to come out before Captain Marvel. And it's very clear right away that the antagonists were supposed to be the Skrulls. Right, but they were named after an alien that showed up in the comics when the Phoenix Forge first manifested, and they had one friend. Yes. That's where they got the name from. And it right. was supposed to be the scrolls, but since Captain Marvel came out, they had to do a quick like change. They had to do a change because they didn't want to present the scrolls as being good and then go over here and present them being evil because it would confuse the audience, apparently, because we're dumb babies. Um, but yeah, it's like, since they're this nameless alien race and they didn't get too much backstory, I didn't feel invested. And their whole shtick was just like, the Phoenix Force destroyed our home planet. So we're going to try to take the Phoenix Force back and sort of use it to, like, terraform our planet to make to make a home for us. Which is, you know, it's not a bad motivation, but you've got to make the audience feel invested in well, that yes. species. I, I would say like that with was... the scrolls, I was invested because they kind of showed them as, like, in Captain Marvel, it, as, like, refugees, which I think is the exact way to play it. Um, and if, like, the scrolls had turned out to be evil in Captain Marvel after being shown as, like, refugees, I probably would have liked that movie way more. That makes sense. I I felt like they were definitely, like, a sub-side plot that I really didn't care about. I, I felt like the movie more was about uh, the Phoenix character and all that was going on with that. And th- so I, you know, kind of like... Uh, the way the way I think of it is is have you ever done this where you, you you've seen a movie and it's a really good movie and you you somebody asks you how how good the movie is and then you go oh it was an amazing movie I loved it you blotted out the part where there was a really long sex scene or or like a or like a really dirty like uh, rape scene or something like that Ooh. and you it's like a important part of the movie, but you just kind of forget about it because the rest of the movie is so good. And you tell the person, and then they come back to you, and they're just like, "So, you left something out. You left something out of that movie because that really doesn't work for me." <laughs> so, so I feel like that's how I felt about those characters. Where I felt like the movie itself was good, but there was just those characters that you kind of forget about. <laughs> Um, one cool thing, Dazzler was there. And once, Jubilee? No, Dazzler. Um, <laughs> who is basically a, a glowing pop star. And, you know, she can dazzle you with lights, and that's her superpower. But it was cool, because she isn't, like, a well-known 
X-Men, and she only shows up in one scene where, like, the kids are having a party in the forest. Oh, yeah. And she's, she's basically a living disco ball, but she's singing, too. And the fact that it wasn't, like, a Lady Gaga makes me upset. Um, because I thought that would have been cool. (laughs) Um, and then one other gripe I had that kind of, you know, isn't anyone's fault in particular. So the movie takes place, what, in like 1992, 1994, something like that? Yeah, something like that. So what, what the movie is trying to tell me is that in anywhere from six to eight years, Michael Fassbender is going to look like Ian McKellen. (laughs) (laughs) Because at this point, in they like the time, because remember the fir- first class was in that, that entire time. First line. class yeah. was in the '60s. They're in the '90s now. I and know. Somehow, see, that, from, that, that from makes Mystique, sense to me. From Mystique, it makes sense because she can make herself look younger. But Beast, Xavier, and Scott. Um, Magneto are all supposed to be like old as sin. Um, and it's just like you really expect me to believe that beautiful ass uh, Michael Fassbender. Is supposed to be nigh on sixty years old, um, right? But honestly, when he when he turns sixty, he's probably still going to be beautiful. Yeah, if, I'm, if I'm being honest with myself, yeah, probably. Um, but <laughs> maybe not. Not so Nick Holt. I, yeah, I I thought of that too, and I was like, the guy looks like a meerkat. <laughs> I was like, whatever. This movie is just they just were in the production of the movie, and then they're like. We're buying you out, and you were retconning the whole thing. Yeah. We're changing the whole thing, and they're just like, "Well, we're just going to finish this movie." <laughs> so, so it doesn't really matter. So, I forget what I think. The last time Dave gave it a seven, you gave out it a seven, seven point five. Yes. Out of what's your rating? My Caleb rating. Yeah. Um, I'll probably give it a solid two and a half Ooh. out of infinite. <laughs> All right. So uh, an impossible fraction. So ju- just to get out of the way, because I feel like the like the next podcast will be whoever. I just want to talk about it now, since we're on the topic of movies. We can run a little bit long. Okay, okay, okay. I saw Spider-Man: Home or Far From Home. Can we talk about that in the next one? You want to talk about that next one? I, yeah, he I hasn't seen. I it. haven't seen Far From Home yet. So, I, I've been too close to home to see it. So jumping around, <laughs> so, so jumping around it is gonna be. I mean, I don't think it'll be that bad, but yeah, was, but there's a lot of different ways you can take it because you can take the story and then you can break it off without saying anything and talk about other things. Okay, that can lead into All other right. things. Well, does anybody have anything else to say before we end this one? Uh, um, I went to Pride a couple weeks ago. Got to watch the Pride Parade. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, it was really cool. Uh, half my face got tan because, you know, I was on the side of the street and the sun was coming down on this side. Okay. Oh, but, like, the, but the parade was coming down. Like, so you, you basically got the driver arm with your face. Yeah, well, because with, with the, my arm, the one, too. The one, I, yeah. I, I evened out, but <laughs> it, was, it was bad for a bit. And, like, um, I had, you know, like a, a, a heart or whatever on my face because mm-hmm. my sister drew it on my face. Um yeah, don't put anything on your face if you're going into the sun because I had a heart-shaped uh, tan on my cheek for a couple days. That was <laughs> that was really embarrassing. I, I rubbed so much aloe on my face. I'm I am tan, so this is really bad. Like like for for people who are already tan, going out into the sun just just it turns you into a crisp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whereas my girlfriend, who is, is super pasty, just got, like, 
lobstered. <laughs> <laughs> How would you rate the the Pride Parade? Oh, the Pride Parade was like a good, uh, you know, it's good eight out of ten. That's good. Um, there was a lot of it's a lot of the Dark Phoenix. Yeah, it, it did. I enjoyed it more. Um, it was a lot of product placement. Like I, I get it. Someone's got to pay for it. You know, right. These rhinestones don't pay for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, but it was weird seeing the Fred Myers float. What? Yeah. Okay. Big right. gay Fred Myers coming in with the big gay deals. Um, but no, all the all the NGOs and like charities were cool. Yeah. Um, a nudist colony ran through, and I was cracking up. Fun stuff. Because like it's it's like you. This was the first Pride Parade I've ever been to, and I always hear about it being like completely over-sexualized and stuff, mm-hmm. but this year it really wasn't. The only, like, nudity was from, like, the nudist colony. That's kind of, right. like, their their shtick. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's part of their community, right? Yeah, the nudist community. The nudist yeah. community. Yeah, it's weird. I went, I went way back in the day, and the only thing that I saw that was had any nudity to it was, like, a naked bike ride. But even, even yeah, with yeah, the, that was the nudist colony. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Besides that, it's like most of the time they were all covered in paint. Anyway, like, so, just colors. Really. Yeah, it was. They were all covered um, in paint, so like you're not really seeing anything. And of course, like the the um, the anti gays showed up. Oh, fun stuff. Um, dude, my girlfriend went off on them. <laughs> I had to like hold her back. I was like, just okay, stop. I don't want to get into a fight here in the middle of Seattle. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was nice. It was a good, uh, good pride parade. Um, even though I'm tan, I probably should have worn sunscreen. Um, and yeah, never stand in one place for too long because your knees get really hurt. Fair enough. All right, thank you guys for joining us on this episode of the Nailed It podcast. Uh, we will be back next week for more stuff, and we will talk about Spider Man. All right, Xavier Thanos, snap us out of this uh, out of this podcast. I don't think I have. I don't Just have do it. You, you you Thanos snapped us here. You can Thanos snap us out. I don't out. have the Infinity Gauntlet. You. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Nailed It podcast. If you like it, please subscribe to all our social media. Our Facebook is at the Nailed It podcast. Our Twitter is the Nailed It Pod. Also, look for us on Patreon. Thank you for listening. Thank <laughs> you.